Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Are you tired of working nine to five? Are you tired of your dreams going unfulfilled? Are you still letting fear stop you from pursuing that business idea? Well, all that stops today. I'm Shawnee Sanders, host of The Girl Take No Podcast, a podcast for ambitious women looking to ditch their nine to five and take the leap into entrepreneurship. Each week, you will learn the mindset, methods, and actionable steps other successful entrepreneurs took to make the shift from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and live the life they always dreamed of. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Techno Podcast. I'm your host, Shawnee Sanders. And today I have with me Amy Terry. She is the partner and manager broker at 8Z Real Estate based out of Colorado. And I'm excited to have this conversation with her. How are you doing, Amy? I'm so good and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is good. We get to know all about, you know, Colorado is definitely one of those, those states that I want to visit because it's so beautiful. So I got to make sure I get out there. I actually have a brother that just... um. I don't know what part he is in. He's just retired there from the military. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely got to get out there. Um, so listen, before we jump into your career and all the stuff I need to ask, give me the story behind the brand. Kind of tell me your behind backstory in terms of how long you've been in real estate and what made you decide to say, hey, I want to go ahead and start 8Z. Sure. So my journey to real estate was sort of a reluctant one. Um, mm-hmm. I worked at Remax in high school just answering phones oh. and then started college and got a job at the local Remax office there answering phones as well. Was pre-law, had planned to go to law school, wanted to do criminal prosecution. That was always the plan. <laughs> uh, but during college, I worked as an assistant for a broker that I really respected. Mm-hmm. And when I got my law school acceptance, I just I didn't tell anybody for like two weeks and I felt like this may be a sign that this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I went to my boss cause I just really respected him and, uh, said, you know, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And he said, it's such a huge commitment. If you're not sure, why don't you do a year deferment? He's like, I really could use your help, get your real estate license and we'll see what happens. And that was 18 years ago. And it's been like, just kind of took off and has been a wild ride since. (laughs) Um, and then as far as the, so I started out at Remax, we stayed at Remax. Mm-hmm. As far as starting the actual brokerage, we started the brokerage the end of 2009. Mm-hmm. So right after the market crash. Uh, and wow, really our driver and the purpose behind it is we felt like real estate was broken. We felt mm. like it was broken for agents. We felt like it was broken for consumers. And the best way we could start making a change was to start our own brokerage. Uh, and then the name, I will be honest, I, it's taken me time to really grow and love the name, but okay. it I was came ask from about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the basis behind it is all the zip codes in Colorado start with the number eight. Okay. So that's how we came up with eight Z. We are Colorado based right now. I don't foresee us ever branching out. We kind of mm-hmm. like being a homegrown 
company. Um, mm-hmm. And we have about 200 agents statewide at this point. That's awesome. I was looking on the website, beautiful properties in Colorado. Yes. <laughs> it definitely is. You know what? I always want to know, because I hear people talk about real estate agent and broker, sure. you know what I mean? which are not the same, because I think us people who are not really familiar with the terminology think is, oh, well, it's all the same. But kind of tell us the difference between sure. the two and what they do. Sure. So a real estate agent has the license as an individual. And in Colorado, you have to be under somebody else for at least two years. Mm. And then at that point, you can go off on your own if you'd like. So a real estate agent is someone either working under someone else or they've been doing it at least long enough to be out on their own and they're just working with buyers and sellers. Mm -hmm. A real estate broker has a managing broker's license and is actually managing other agents and building a team. Um, So just kind of adding to their portfolio. A lot of brokers traditionally don't sell anymore. They just Mm. manage. I actually still have a book of clients that I work with, so I'm still doing both. Um, I kind of feel like you need to be in it day in and day out to be relevant and give really good advice. Yeah. Um, So that's why I've you know, I just haven't stopped selling. But that's that's kind of the primary difference. And someone can have a broker's license and not actually manage anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd go through the trouble to get it, but um, that's really the, the difference. And some people do use them interchangeably, um, but that is the difference. Is there a, you know, because I, I look at all the real estate shows, so I'm always <laughs> looking at those property shows. Is there is there one of them that can negotiate... Um, with the loan officers or is there a part of that process where there's one person, I don't think the real estate agent does it. You're, you're sent off to another person <laughs> that kind of does like the negotiation part. That's not what the broker does, right? No. So the broker, okay. um, sorry, let me grab some water real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the broker is primarily managing, okay. but there are also team setups. So, there are some companies that are set up as a team where you've got, um, we call them the rainmaker. They're mm-hmm. the the one that their name is really out there. They're procuring most of the listings. And then they have showing agents that just do showings. Yeah. And then that agent, nego- then it goes to the bigger agent and they do the actual negotiations and everything. So there are several different setups. Our broker just set up that your agent is your agent and that's mm-hmm. who your primary contact is. They'll be the one showing you property. They will be the ones negotiating on your behalf. They'll be with you through the whole process. Mm-hmm. But there are several different setups where some agents only list and some agents only work with buyers and some agents only show but then don't do any of the negotiations okay so there are a lot of different uh scenarios that you can have in a real estate brokerage which side of it do you like being on being that you've been on both and you do one now but you've been on both which side excites you the most I would say, so as far as the business as a whole, I think the mentoring side of it, I enjoy mm-hmm. the most at this point in my career. As far as working with clients, thank God, I still really enjoy looking at property. <laughs> so I think it's really, I still think house hunting is super fun. And I really love helping people find the right home uh, and then negotiating the deal. Listings are, are fun. They're a different animal. They've been really fun in Colorado the last few years where, mm-hmm. you know, we've got 10, 20 offers that you're negotiating on, on one house. Um, but yeah, at the core, I still really like working with buyers. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, me and my friends, we call it going dreaming. We love to go and look at other like 
big properties and real estate. Actually, the home that I'm in, my best friend brought me to this home because she didn't want to start me off with the whole, let's go dreaming kind of thing. Yes. And she brought me over here and I was just blown away. And that's why I'm in the house that I'm in now is because she brought me over here to go dreaming. And I just, I just love real estate. I love looking at properties and stuff like that, you know? And so I'm just like, I feel like this is my, this is me and my husband probably first investment and we'll eventually buy something more. And we're in the Maryland and DC area. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's just a fun thing to be. So I'm like, you have to be into like, you know, just being able to look at homes and the properties and know all the details. It's such a detailed job that you have to be able to do when it comes to being a real estate agent, to be able to sell something. Like you almost have to know what type of, you got to know what countertops these are. You got to really be into it when it comes to just knowing how to sell. Is there Mm -hmm. an art to it when you become a real estate agent that you have to there's, there has to be an art. To, I feel like real estate agents are the best sellers versus out there to me. Sure. When it comes to I, homes. I think, I think the biggest shift for me was, honestly, I had a hard time going from, you know, I always thought I was going to be an attorney. Yeah. And then <laughs> shifting to a salesperson. And I really, you know, honestly, I had some people that were like, you're wasting your intelligence. Why would you go into real estate? Oh, my God. Of course. And so it took me a while to adjust to that. But I think the biggest difference in when my mark, my business really shifted is when I changed my mindset that I'm not a salesperson, I'm a consultant. Mm. And and that's really the reality. We're not selling anything. We're helping people find the right property and navigating oh. the process for them. And, you know, navigating the contract process, make sure that you're advocating for them, you're avoiding pitfalls. Um, I mean, I... I don't need to walk in and like I have a client who we were looking at houses and we walked in and she looks at me and she goes, okay, what's wrong with this house, Amy? And I'm like, am I that bad? And she's like, well, you just, I feel like my job really is to point out the things they're not going to notice. Like, yes, you're going to notice the gorgeous countertops, but you're not going to notice all the windows need to be replaced. Oh yeah. So that's really where I feel like my role is. And I think it builds so much trust with people because I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm really trying to help you find what's best for you and your family. You're right. And that's really when you know, that's what gets me fired up is helping people and serving. Mm-hmm. And so when I shifted that mindset of like, I'm not selling anything, I'm guiding them through this process. It, you know, everything really changed. You're right. I like that because that's exactly what my agent did for us. It's like, she really guided us through it all. And it helped us with, when it came to the financing part of it, kind of helped us through that piece. Like you're really with your clients every step of the way. So that's, that's a really good, I like that mindset around it. Um, do you get those clients where, cause I know, I think I was like this client too. Did you get those clients that kind of like, um, <laughs> fall in love with that house that they know they can't afford? And then you got to try to convince them <laughs> to say, Hey, well, this is your budget now. Remember yes. that because I am that girl, Amy, yeah. I am her. I was her definitely a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I really try to avoid letting people even see things that they they can't afford. So, I mean, that is number one is we're going to get you with the lender and get you pre-approved. And it's not how much they qualify for. It's what do you want your monthly payments to be? That mm-hmm. is where people are probably the most sensitive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I'm like, then that gives us a gauge of what price range we should be looking in. And then as much as possible, I'm not going to show them something because it's re- it's so hard. I did it early in my career where I would just show people what they wanted to see. Yeah. And then when we got down to brass tacks of what they could afford, it is really hard to go down like $100,000 mm-hmm. and like anything when mm-hmm. you've been looking at stuff that's way nicer. So that's a huge pitfall I really try to avoid for for their sake and mine. It's just a lot of heartache and, and brain damage 
trying to go backwards. <laughs> but to your point about when you said, you know, your friend just took you to see that house. I do have, I call them just for fun yeah. searches. Oh yeah. I have any of my clients. I'm like, what is your dream neighborhood? Where mm-hmm. do you want to end? And I have these just for fun searches set up and I will go show them if they, you know, something comes up when I enjoy it too. I think it is fun to dream and it's a mindset piece of like visualizing yourself there. Yeah. Manifestation. And you'd be shocked how many just for fun houses I end up selling. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I love it. It really does let you, it open your mindset up and also you, it, you are inspired, it inspires you to do more and want bigger things and just to mm-hmm. know that you can have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it really does shift the mindset. And I, I advise everybody to kind of go do it. Um, how has the journey been for you? Because you started out um, at 16, right? You started out early. How mm-hmm. has the journey been for you in real estate? Especially that I know then it was probably very male driven. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, and gosh, it's, you know, so when I was 16, what was that? Like 1999, 2000, it seemed so archaic to how it is now. I mean, there was literally still an MLS book. There wasn't, you know, listings weren't online. The agents had to look through a book. We would, I mean, that's why we needed front desk people is like when faxes came in, we had to call agents and say, you know, you just got an amendment or Mm -hmm. so it it seems so that has been a huge journey. Even when I started selling real estate, there was no GPS. So I remember I used to have to map quest from house to house. Do you remember map quest? Yes. And then then I was screwed. If clients wanted to skip a house. I didn't know how to get to the next house without, so I'd be like, oh, well, let's just drive by and make sure you don't want to yes. see it. Cause, Cause I, would be like, I don't know how again. to get to that house. <laughs> exactly. So the technology journey has been phenomenal, like getting yeah. contracts, getting GPS, getting listings online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was scary at the time. Agents were really scared of empowering clients that they could now see everything. Yeah. You know, when I started, there was no Zillow, there was no Redfin, there was no websites. But yeah. really, I really truly believe if your value is emailing a listing to a client, like do better. Yeah. Like your value should be so much more as far as navigating the process and negotiating. It's not finding, you know, this listing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been a huge evolution. And I think it's allowed good agents to do higher volume because you can just do so much quicker. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's again, I didn't see myself in that career. And then I also didn't see myself as a leader. And mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that my mentor has constantly pushed me to get out of my comfort zone. And he saw things in me that I didn't. And yeah. he pushed me to become a managing broker. He pushed me to become a partner in the brokerage. Um, and I get to make a lot of big decisions and shape the culture of our company. Um, yeah. And so I feel really, really fortunate that I was empowered by the leadership in my company. That's really good because, I mean, I think in corporate America overall, we're still dealing with seeing women in leadership positions. You know what I mean? We're still fighting that good fight. And so to be at the top where you are and being able to now to mentor other women and to help them kind of, you know, pave their career and try to get them to where they need to be, I think is it's just absolutely amazing. And you're right. You start off during a time where nothing was available to you right? It was just mm-hmm. all very manual work, mm-hmm. you know, and now today it has evolved so much where it's almost, it's, it's gotten to a point where a lot of people do a lot of the work themselves. You know, a lot of people still do, but I still feel like real estate agents will always be here simply because we don't know how to really navigate that process. Mm-hmm. You know, we just don't. And as a normal consumer, we don't necessarily want to. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We want people who are experienced in it, who can really help us get through it, help us get the best rates. You know, let's kind of talk about the market today because sure. a lot of people would tell you, like, it's not the right time to buy. The interest mm-hmm. rates are too high. It's mm-hmm. not the right time to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, you should definitely wait and let's watch in the market and see how it goes because we look at prices just for rental. They're mm-hmm. so expensive, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just like, well, definitely me and my husband are not selling right now. We want a bigger home, but we're going to wait because they, yeah. they got us scared to do it. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the current market? So first of all, there is no timing the market perfectly. <laughs> I've been doing this for 18 years. And if I knew how to do that, I would be yeah. a multimillionaire. <laughs> the reality is, is, is once a market has really shifted, it's too late. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I always tell clients really time it with your lifestyle. Yeah. And then when people are asking, how's the market? it's much more nuanced that it's like, what market are you talking about? Are you talking about the luxury market? Are you talking about the mountains and second homes? Are you talking about Mm. the Denver Metro? Um, So it's very nuanced. And I will be very upfront with people if I think it's a good time for them to make a move or not. The reality is like the majority of my sphere group, I just turned 40. Mm -hmm. So everyone is... Hey, welcome to the 40 club. (laughs) Thank you. It's been an adjustment. (laughs) I know it has. Trust me, when I hit 40, I was like... What's going on? <laughs> it's so surreal. It's like how I it feel is. like I'm 28. How am I 40? Um, Burst but of yeah, energy. the majority of my sphere group, they're in like similar situation as you. Like they're mm-hmm. in a home. Yeah. They're probably in a great interest rate. And it, you know, for them to make the leap for their next step, it doesn't make sense. Their payment is going to jump so much. Yeah. So those people, I'm like, you know what? Hold tight. Probably not. Someone who has cash, mm-hmm. fantastic time to buy especially mm. in Colorado. This is the best time to buy in the last five years because you can actually negotiate. I mean, mm. I don't know how crazy it was in other markets, but here people were waiving inspection, appraisal. They were bidding 150000 over asking. Wow. You know, so if someone isn't, isn't sensitive to the interest rate, now's a great time to jump in the market and get a deal. And then first-time home buyers. I'm really hammering anyone mm. that I know that doesn't own as cheesy as it sounds, rent is 100% interest. So yeah. the 6.5% is not that bad. Mm. And the reality That's is, too, true. when I bought my first place, I bought my first place at 22. My interest rate was 7. Mm. Okay. You know? Yeah. And when you look at what rents are. So I think it depends on the person. It depends on their life circumstances. And we're definitely, you know, as a brokerage, we're kind of talking to our agents. 2020 and 2021 was bonkers. And it was people that were moving just because they wanted to. Yeah. Now the market is people are that are moving because they need to. Oh, yeah. So it's just a smaller pool of people making moves right now. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean it, it, it. Like I said, it's very nuanced. It depends. Like, are you going to be here for 10 years or are you maybe going to move in three years? Mm-hmm. All of that makes a difference in the decisions that you make. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good information. I like that. You're so um, you're right when it comes to if you're renting already, it's kind of like. It's what you're paying currently. You yeah. know what I mean? So it wouldn't be that much of an adjustment. But for me, my interest rate is super low. It'll be a big adjustment for me and my husband to make that move right now. I like that. That's good advice. I like well, that and too. what I would tell you and your husband, which is <laughs> what I've done with all of my properties, mm-hmm. especially if you have a low interest rate, because mm-hmm. when interest rates go up, rents go up. Yeah. I, I try to talk all my clients into keeping their first property. Mm-hmm. So I would look at what you guys could potentially rent it for. Yeah. The rent may be enough to supplement the new payment. So now you've upgraded homes, you've got a rental property, and you've got the same monthly bills. Oh, that's true. 
The numbers don't always work out, but I oh every seller I meet with, I'm like, let's run the rental numbers and see. Because I'm all about long-term wealth and lifelong clients. Yeah. So if I lose one listing at that moment, I know that I'm helping them build, you know, generational wealth. And and it also, you know, right away people when they clicks like, oh, you're talking yourself out of a deal. They mm-hmm. ultimately then they trust you because you know, I'm like, this isn't about me. This is about how I'm gonna help you build wealth. Oh yeah. But yeah, I and sometimes people are like, no, we don't want a rental. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want two mortgages. We don't like some people would rather have the peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I'm all about leverage. And that's how I built my portfolio of rentals. But yeah, that's also something I'm looking at when people do want to upgrade, but they're like, well, we don't want to give up the interest rate. And I'm like, well, don't give it up. Keep that yeah. as a rental. You'll never replace that house for what you bought it for. You'll never get that interest rate again, no. especially on a rental property. Mm-hmm. So if anyone ever has ambitions to own rentals, that is the easiest way to do it. It's just to keep your primary. And then yeah. upgrade. Yeah, I like that. That's that's a good one. I like that. Nobody said that to us, but that makes plenty of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're comfortable with it, some people don't have the stomach for it. Yeah. But if you're open to that, it can be huge. Yeah. Because we're in a really good area, too. A lot of families want to move to good school districts as well. Yeah. For the kids. So, yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, so, listen, today I have almost almost every friend I know is either in real estate as a side job mm-hmm. or even get trying to get their real estate license now. It is such a lucrative business today. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I think it's never been, but just today it just seemed like so many more people want to do it. And a lot of people are really looking to do it and they are talking a lot about, I've been hearing a lot of conversation around multifamily properties. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that, hey, you want to build generational wealth, you need to get into more multifamily properties. What are your thoughts on that? So I will disagree with that, which is not a popular opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still think the absolute best investment you can ever make is a single family home. Mm, and, okay. you know, big corporations like BlackRock will show you they're spending billions and they're buying single family homes. Mm. They appreciate quicker than anything else. They typically cash flow better. Um, and multifamily is great. It's not a bad it's not a bad opportunity, but it's typically very expensive. Yeah. Like in Colorado, if you want two to three to four units, you're looking at probably at least eight, 900,000 up to a couple million. Mm-hmm. So it's just not attainable. Yeah. Um, and really, I just break down like how much are you paying per door and does that make sense? I don't think multifamily is the end all be all. I, I primarily invest in single family homes. I think they'll always be in demand. They appreciate quicker. Um, so that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I hear so much conversations around it to the point where I was like telling my husband, like, should we think about it? Should we have a conversation around maybe a multifamily unit? Because so many people are talking about it and saying that, hey, it's just such a great way to build wealth. And, you know, because that's what real estate is for a lot of people is that route to generational wealth, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, wealth building. So Mm -hmm. that's um, that's good to know that you're on the opposite end of that. That's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. part of it is that because there is so much conversation about it. Yeah, it is. There's more lot. demand. It's driving mm-hmm. up those prices. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and, and if anything, like I, I joke with my property manager teases me that my properties are way too nice. <laughs> I personally don't buy anything I wouldn't live in myself. Yeah. So my appreciation has been really great on my properties. I have a colleague who we tease as a slumlord, and he's got <laughs> a ton of units and not a great neighborhood. He cash mm-hmm. flows better than I do, mm-hmm. but... He's got to evict people. 
He's got to constantly replace carpet. He's got to constantly. Oh, yeah. And he's not seeing the same neighborhood appreciation because I'm buying in good areas. So it also depends on what your goals are. Like ultimately you want cash flow and appreciation, but ultimately you kind of have to choose which one's more important. And for me, I want the long-term equity, even if I'm just breaking even. Mm -hmm. Rents go up every year. So eventually you will start cash flowing. Yeah. If you look over your career and you say to yourself, wow, I really wish I could do that over. What part of it you think you would want to do over? Gosh, I wish I knew this then. I yeah. would have made a different decision. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's like a, if there was like a fork in the road that I would have gone differently. But I yeah. will say my first couple, like probably two, three years, I cried so much. Oh Are you like, serious? Like I remember, and I was, I mean, I was 22. I was fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. I was living with some of my guy roommates or guy friends that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I remember like vividly them being like, I don't think real estate's for you. Cause I was, <laughs> I just was always in tears. Mm-hmm. So I think, I wish I had known sooner that don't take everything so personally. Mm-hmm. Typically it's not about you, whatever yeah. is going on with their, you know, they're not finding a house or they choose a different agent or, or whatever. Um, and then just finding my own confidence. Like the moment I realized my clients are lucky to have me Mm -hmm. one, because I'm knowledgeable. And two, I truly have their best interest at heart. My business exploded. Mm -hmm. And it was just that mindset of believing in myself and having the confidence. Then all of a sudden they believed in me. And I will say that's the biggest thing mentoring. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Between failure and success is do they believe in themselves? And is their mindset in the right place? Because I've got people that will do all the right things tactically but if they're not there emotionally and mentally, it won't happen. It just won't click. Yeah. You know, it's so crazy how confident comes up in every conversation that I have, no matter who I talk to. Because as humans, you know what I mean? We are our biggest critics. Mm-hmm. We self-doubt ourselves more than anybody else do. And you're right. And it comes to our mindset and shifting our way of thinking. And I, I began to get into a lot of um, manifestation affirmations um, past month or so, which is like people have been doing it for years. I'm like, yeah, I'm into it now, guys. But I really yeah. have. And I can really say that it has really boosted my confidence in what I do. It has really um, gave me a lot of clarity, you know, and direction in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so I agree 100%, like we have to work on our mindset. And I was just going to ask that question, like what type of mindset or what type of confidence you have to have to be a real estate agent? You know what I mean? Because you're the focal point. People are looking at you and depending on you. Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, and I, with my newer agents, I don't know the statistics other where, but in Colorado, the average person knows 11 agents. Mm. Like you mentioned, everybody's got their license. Yeah. How do you be the one that they choose to work with out of those 11? And the biggest piece is, would you choose yourself? Do you believe you're the best option for them? Because if you don't feel that, they're not going to feel that. That's true. So do whatever you need to do to build that, whether it's confidence building or experience or mentorship or reading or meditation or energy work or whatever you need to do to get in that space. Because that's going to make or break it. Yeah. What are some of the myths about being a real estate agent that, that you kind of hear and just laugh to yourself about? <laughs> yeah. That it's easy money. I think that's yes. the biggest like. That's what a lot of I people yet, say. Yes. I, I have yet to hire someone and they've been like, this is easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think, and also the other big myth is I just want to do it for the flexibility. Oh well, yes, yes, I've heard. The reality that is, you have zero flexibility because you were on call twenty four seven. If you want to, you know, if you want to be successful, you've got to be available when people are ready to do something. And especially as a manager, I have to be available all the time because if my agents are in a crisis and need to figure out something, I've got to be available for them. Yeah. So the idea that it's, I mean, if you want to be a part-time agent and do a couple deals a year, sure. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of flexibility. Like I've never been on a vacation and not worked. <laughs> People <laughs> say that, that it's flexible. You get to make your own hours. You get to work yeah. it when you want to. Yeah. And it's a lot of money. That's what I mean. A lot of people are in it because they're like, a lot of money is in it. You yeah. can sell a home and make X amount from it. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't tell people the process of actually trying to sell that home or get that buyer to get into that home. Yeah. That is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and less than, so in Colorado, the cycle is two years to renew your license. Less than 50% oh. of agents renew it after that first two years. Really? Yeah. So that yeah. tells you it's not easy. Yeah. So it's it's a lot harder to build a career than you think. And it, it partly is because the market is so saturated. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm honestly, I don't mean to sound hateful about it, but that's what I'm most excited about this market shift mm -hmm. is that I know buyers and sellers are going to be more discerning because you can no yeah. longer just put a sign in the yard and hope for the best. And so I think a lot of people are going to get out of the industry. They'll let their yeah. license lapse. Um, and for us that do this as full-time professionals, those onesie twosie deals add up. When they're like, oh, well, we're going to use our cousin who just got their license. Yeah. And inevitably, too, I still get called through the whole process because their cousin doesn't know what they're doing. And then they're exactly. like, well, what should we do? And I exactly. still be, you know, I'm still happy to help. But it's like, you probably should have just hired me to start with. <laughs> probably should have hired the ones who do this on a full-time basis because you're yeah. right. A lot of people are going to get their license today. And I... That's just what they do. I don't know why so many people are in real estate, but they love it. And I, I always knew that it wasn't a thing for me. Like, yeah. I'm just a person that loves to look at the beautiful homes and dream about living in them and owning them one day. <laughs> and I think that's where people want to get into it because it is, it's a fun industry. It's very stressful, but yeah. it is, it can be a lot of fun and it's relatable. Everybody lives in a house, whether you own it or you rent it or I mean, mm -hmm. everybody can relate to real estate. And mm -hmm. that's why when I hire new agents, that's the first question I ask is, why are you interested in real estate or getting into a career in real estate? And that gives me a good gauge if they have any clue what it's actually going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. How do you be, how do you become successful in this career? What are some of the, yeah, there's a few of the key things that you should have to be successful in it. Yeah. So um, my company is managing brokers. We talk a mm -hmm. lot about as far as hiring and recruiting, like what is the common theme yeah. among the successful ones? Number one is hustle. Mm -hmm. You just have to hustle. You don't have a boss. You don't have anyone micromanaging you. You've just got to get up and grind every day and build that business. Mm -hmm. So hustle is, so I would say hustle and self-motivation, you've got to just get up and do it. There's no one that's going to push you. Um, it's an eat what you kill business. And mm -hmm. if you don't do any work, you're not going to get paid. And that's the good and bad about it. Like, yeah. you know, you look in industries where people work their tails off and they're making money for their boss. Yeah. This is a situation you get to work hard for yourself. The other piece I think is, um, you know, confidence. We already kind of touched on that. I think mm -hmm. you really need to have confidence. And then uh, another big piece is you have to have a why. I think yeah. there's a very small percentage of people that are super driven by just the commission check. Mm -hmm. So to keep doing this and stay motivated and sometimes, and my why has shifted a lot. When I first started, it was to travel. 
mm-hmm. every deal, I was like, this is a vacation I can take. I really want to see the world. Yeah. So I had a globe on my desk and that was when I didn't feel like making calls or I didn't feel like working. That was my motivation. Mm. So you got to have a, a – I think you have to have a bigger why to keep – because it's an exhausting grind and it's a lot of rejection and it's a lot yeah. of – you know. so I think you have to have a bigger why of you know what you're doing, why you're doing this and why you're doing it this way in this industry because um, there's a lot of ways to build wealth. So if it's just yeah. about money, I think it will get old pretty quick. Yeah. How do you deal with the rejection? Like, you know, how do you get your agents to say, you know, it's a part of the job. Yeah. You can't, like I said, can't take it personally, but still yeah. it can, it can kind of sting. Yeah. And that's partly why, I mean, I cried so much my first couple of years. <laughs> so, so part of it is that you have to just build thick skin. Yeah. Um, the other part that's unique, I think for me, and, and I'm really grateful for is right out of college, I also worked as a victim's advocate for the police mm. department. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to, you know, originally I wanted to do, go into criminal prosecution and, mm-hmm. and, and social work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I was out at one in the morning giving a death notification or sitting with a rape victim or a domestic violence situation, someone losing a house or a refrigerator is not included in your argument, it just puts it into perspective. Mm-hmm. So I remind that a lot with my agents of like the wins are great and the losses stink, but you got to just move on really quickly either way. Like at the end of the day, we're not saving lives here. Yeah. So part of that is just putting it in perspective. And I always kind of use the like five-year rule. Like, are you even going to remember this in five years? Mm-hmm. If not, don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. Yeah. Like that's kind of, but yeah, it, it honestly, it just takes some time. And it also, like I said, it, I really helped. I try to remind them that 99% of the time it's not about you. Yeah. Yeah. The rejection or the decision-making is something beside you personally. Yeah. So trying not to take it personal. Yeah. I know. Cause I'm like, I know that could be kind of like a sting or either have there been times where you've gone through this process, has there been time where you've gone through the process and then all of a sudden the buyer is no longer qualified. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, I don't put all this work into this deal. And now it's not yeah. going through anymore. I mean, stuff falls apart for all kinds yeah. of deal. I mean, right now that it's 30% of deals fall apart. Oh, wow. So I learned very quickly to not count on that check (laughs) until the day of closing. Because, yeah, I've had all kinds of things over the years. You have, you know, a buyer lose their job between contract and closing. Oh, yeah. I've had a house get completely flooded the day before Mm. closing. I've had, you know, we've had huge storms come through and all the roofs need to be replaced or there's fires or um, buyers just straight up change their mind. Mm. So, yeah, you definitely can't count on that check until tell you it's in your bank account. Um, and again, you have to kind of, and it's, I, I'm grateful. I'm in a place in my career that I'm not stressed mm-hmm. paycheck to paycheck and my business is very consistent. But I remember what it felt like to be really, really need that, that closing and it fall apart. Yeah. Um, but we have a saying within, within the industry or I'm sorry, within our, our company that we always say, if we ever find out you're representing the deal and not the client, like you're gone. Oh, wow. So yeah. we want to make sure people are in a good place financially so that that's not clouding their judgment. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's hard. I mean, sometimes, you know, the best advice we're giving our clients is not in our best interest, mm-hmm. but that's very important to us as a brokerage that you are doing what's best for your client, not keeping the deal together. Cause you need a check. Yeah. Yeah. Doing what's right for the client. So yeah, I mean, we I always tell people come into the industry with six months reserves and always have that six months reserves so that you don't we call it commission breath. Like mm-hmm. 
when we don't want you to feel that anxiety with clients. Like I really need this closing and it happens, you know, but yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a hard, it takes a lot of time. It took me probably five or six years to build consistent income. Yeah. You, you know what I think it is too, is that we look at shows like the Oppenheim group and, you know, the, uh, you know, selling LA and we look at all these different selling sunset and it just looks to be such an exciting career mm-hmm. because you get big commissions, but yeah. people don't really, we only see of such a small piece of it with these shows. Yeah. We don't necessarily see the real work that kind of goes into it. And a lot of these ages are very established that we already see. Yeah. You know, we don't see like the new up and coming person. And if they are, they work for these big. So in my mindset, I'm thinking, oh, so they work for these big age, these big brokerage firms, I guess. Right. And mm-hmm. then if they're new and they're not getting properties, they will probably throw some clients their way. It's kind of like how it is on TV. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really like that. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, even yesterday, I mean, I've been doing this 18 years. I spent two hours yesterday cleaning a kitchen. <laughs> because we had photography this morning and the cleaners didn't do a good job. So I'm over there oiling cabinets, mopping the floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not the stuff you see on TV. And I also love no. on TV that they are able to negotiate and get a deal put together in 10 minutes because everybody oh answers God. the phone and everybody's responsive. And it's, what? everybody yeah. looks super, super glamorous all the yes. time. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of eating in my car. It's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, it's really, I think really good agents. It's not that glamorous. You're doing... You're doing so much more behind the scenes. Yeah, but TV really does glamorize it. I can't yes. even. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh, AZ must be like that. You know, it's all <laughs> yeah. hustle and bustle. I mean, and we have, I mean, we have days that are glamorous when you're closing a luxury property and you're getting yes. you're at this gorgeous title company and mm-hmm. or we, you know, we're doing production shoots and videos <laughs> for social media. And so there are there are definitely some glamorous days and there's there's definitely some ego in real estate. I mean, it is yeah. There's some showmanship to it for sure. Oh, yeah. But there's also just a lot of crap behind the scenes. It's not fun. <laughs> so be ready for it, guys. You got to yes. know it. You know, let me ask you this. With the, the being that you've been in so long and you've seen the market shift in so many different ways, grow in terms of technology, we're only getting more smarter when it comes to AI technology. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the market going? We already have, like I said, Redfin and all those mm-hmm. other things that a lot of people can kind of look for homes on their own and really do this process themselves, they feel like, sure. right? Yeah. So where do you see the industry going in terms of the technology that's coming out? Yeah. Gosh, I mean, it's changing constantly. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I'm grateful for. Our um, our founder is a computer science guy. Oh, like he went to Stanford really for computer science. So yeah. he got into the industry knowing how much it was going to change in the late mm-hmm. um 1990. I was like the late 1900s, the late 1990s. <laughs> um, so it is constantly shifting, and I'm I'm grateful that I'm at a brokerage that you know he's no longer in the day to day stuff. His job is that he is constantly paying attention and vetting what's coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just started using AI for all of our listing descriptions, and it yeah. is great. It saves know, so much right? time. It's better than I would write. Um, I don't foresee our role ever going away. Yeah. There's been so many disruptors that have come through. And even the last couple of years with like Open Door and Zillow, where they were mm-hmm. making offers on houses and stuff. Yeah. My clients were still calling me to help them discern if this was a good offer. Is this mm-hmm. what they should be, what they should be doing? You know, it's for most people, it is the largest asset that they own. Yeah. So I don't think I think the majority of people are still gonna want guidance and and um, some handholding through that process. But yeah, I think it will forever get, I mean, it's gotten so much easier over the years mm-hmm. as far as what you can accomplish in a short amount of time with technology. Yeah. 
Um, you know, things like virtual staging. We didn't, I don't love, I'm not a fan of virtual staging, but like, there's just so many things that are, that are constantly coming out. And I do think we have such an instant gratification in so many parts of our life. I do think it's going to become much more common with selling houses that you have an option sort of like trading in a car versus selling a car yourself. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more programs where buyers or sorry, sellers just take a lower cash offer to be done mm-hmm. with it, not have to merchandise their house, not have to deal with showings. Mm-hmm. Um, we already have some programs in house where we can go pay cash for your next dream home and then buy your house back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that will be the next big shift is that fewer people are going to traditionally sell and buy. Mm-hmm. Um, people just don't they like a sure thing and they like it to be done quickly. And yeah, it's just like how many people take the time to go get their car detailed and sell it on their own yeah. versus going to a dealership and trading it in. Yeah, that's true. That's so I true. think that will be a big shift in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, because, you know, AI is just like taking over in everything that we do, you know, yes. when it comes to self-driving cars. I mean, it's just it's just everywhere. And I was just having this conversation the other day and I was just like, AI is really if we look at it, computers have took over certain jobs already that have become mm-hmm. obsolete, mm-hmm. you know, and I just know things are only going to get more and more convenient. But as humans, we crave interaction with yeah. other humans we crave that interact human interactions and like you said i don't think the ages themselves are never going to go away because we still like to trust people mm-hmm. you know but well, I and it's also still not at a point where it can be a free-for-all like same yeah. thing with open door they were buying houses but they also you didn't have an you didn't have to have an agent to see their listings yeah. so what they did is they had an app you could download and then you could open the locks on the doors mm-hmm. well very quickly you get scam artists and oh, yeah. people were getting in, taking photos, putting these houses up for lease, showing them as a rental, collecting application process, like all this stuff. They didn't own oh, the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, kids were getting in and throwing parties. Um, so when you think about eliminating a showing agent, there's just – I can't foresee a way that that would work securely mm-hmm. enough that, you know, that would ever be a possibility that you wouldn't need an agent to actually show you a house either. Yeah. I don't think that's I don't think that's the way to go. I hope we never get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to get to a point where a robot is showing me a house. Yeah. I never want to get there. Yes. I'm just I'm definitely not ready for that. Um, what advice would you give someone looking to start in this business? What advice would you give them? I would uh I would say definitely have six months reserve. So be mm-hmm. be ready to do this. And I know it's very scary, but make the leap and do it full time. I think for people that get their license and they're going to do it part time, you don't, it's such a hard business to get started. And if you don't have that sink or swim, you're just, you're not going to swim. If you have that safety net of another paycheck, I just don't see how you're going to jump in full force and actually build a really successful career. So I think save up money, be ready to do it, jump in, um, and and really the hardest part about it is, you know, it's not rocket science. The hardest part is the people part. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be ready to network. You've got to be ready to be someone that's, that people trust um, and find a good mentor. Find someone that can help you with the real estate side of it and the nuance of it because it takes, I mean, I see deals all the time that something's brand new, mm-hmm. 18 years in. There's mm-hmm. always a weird thing. So find someone that can help you navigate that process um, and then get really clear on your why. Why are you doing this? What is your motivation? Um, 
and then just jump in and do it. I mean, the biggest thing I, again, I see with my new people is the people that are just willing to put themselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is a people business. You've got to get, and I'm actually naturally an introvert. So (laughs) it's a, you know, I have to, that was, must've been a hard career for you. It it was, it was a tough, I mean, I've adjusted a lot. I think I'm more of a outgoing introvert at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, my natural tendency is I'm happy to just stay home all weekend. Mm-hmm. You got to be out and about with different people all the time. Because the reality is people will end up transacting with the person they saw most recent. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you're someone's agent, you're their agent for life. But most people, it's like who they happen to see at a cocktail party and they're like, hey, we kind of want to see this house. So you got to be ready to be out and about and and network a lot. Yeah. I like it. I like the fact that you tell people have six months in reserve and then just take the leap. Yep. You know, because like I said, I do have a lot of friends that still work full time and they have been getting, doing it part time. And you're right. If you want to do it, then jump into it. But also I think the motivation behind it is different. So the fact that you mentioned have a why behind why you want to do it, mm-hmm. I think is probably a big reason why a lot of them haven't taken that leap in terms of like doing it full time. Any well, last entrepreneurs think- too. Yeah. And I think it's hard to really be available for clients if you're working full time. Yeah. And they'll get frustrated. It's hard. You know, if it's your best friend, they're going to be patient with you, but it's going to be really hard to build a client database if you're not available on a regular basis. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of factors with trying to still work and and build that business. You can't view it as a side hustle. It's got to be your career or not. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You know, this this was really good. I, I know I've learned a lot. You know, you've said some things that nobody has said to me before. And so <laughs> some things I'm going to go back and tell my husband and my other friends too, because <laughs> it really gives me something to think about when I think about our home and what we want to do going forward. Uh, before we end the show, I'm going to ask you a question. I asked all my guests, Amy, tell me some of the best advice you received from another woman. Um, this was actually just recently. Um, and it's, you know, kind of talking about, I was very lucky to have, male mentors that pushed me, but we're not perfect. We're, we are still evolving as a brokerage. Mm-hmm. And um, I had some opportunities to speak and speak in front of the company and, and do some training. And I turned it down. And a colleague of mine really reminded me that in this evolution of female leadership, it's the male's job to make space for us, but it's our job to move in and take that space. Mm. So... And that's what we've kind of been working with with the men in our company is like it, men are just naturally, for a, for better or worse, sort of demanding. Like yeah. they have no problem saying this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Whereas women have this mentality of, or at least I did, keep your head down and do a good job and you'll be recognized. Yes. And so she said, you know, we're asking these men to make space for us. Now it's our job to step into that space. Yes. So it really made me like – Okay, every opportunity I get, I'm going to step into it and continue to make more space for female leadership. I love that. You're right. It's their job to make it. It's our job to step into it. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that was so good. I love that. I love that. That is like that resonates with me in so many levels. And I know it's going to resonate with the audience, too, because... If you think about it, like I said, with leadership as women, we don't see a lot of it in organizations. The last organization I worked for, it was very few. I think it was only one woman. Mm-hmm. That was two women, actually. One came in over as a, in the digital chief director. But you don't see a lot of women in leadership in corporate America. And it's so funny to me because we're in, this is 2023. 
Mm-hmm. And we're still fighting that, like I said, that good fight yeah. to see women, to put women in positions of power, you yeah. know, and be leaders in these organizations. And you're right. It goes down. Also, it goes down to our confidence, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of us have exactly. imposter yeah. syndrome, you yeah, know, we I feel like, I, yeah, they believed in me to get up and speak in front of the company yeah. and I did not. Yeah. And honestly, that was part of what started this podcasting journey. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine who said, look, you never hear women speaking about being an investor. How yes. to build a real estate portfolio, how to, and she's like, you've done it. And she's like, I would feel so much better learning from a woman that I can relate to. It's way less intimidating. Yes. And that became my why to podcast. Like I want to, I want to empower people that think it's not for them or that it's too scary mm-hmm. to just step in and do it. So that whole day was like a huge shift of like, <laughs> I know what my responsibility is in, in, in making more space for women. Um, yes. And so it was a big, it was a really powerful shift. Ah, this was, this has been a really good show. I appreciate you so much for coming on. I have learned so much. I love, love the advice that you, um, that you gave. It was absolutely amazing. Like I said, it resonated with me. I'm never going to forget it. (laughs) You might see me start using it. I might make sure I had, make sure I put the person who gave me this quote at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure I just take it as my own, but I'm definitely going to start using it and telling people about it because I think it's something that we need to hear as women to not be afraid to just go ahead and step up in that position. Yeah. I love it. Well, listen, guys, this is the Girl Techno Podcast. I am Shawnee Sanders, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Girl Techno Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, Tag Girl Techno Podcast in your stories and you will get a shout out in our next episode. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.